Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. In this week's episode, we talk about how the big brands are still greenwashing us and what we can do about it. We talk about the digital leash. The aim is to shift the always-on culture. And our brand feature this week is Audi and how they're good different in the Aussie supermarket industry. Welcome back to episode two. Jade, how's your week been? Yeah, really good. Really good. We've been really busy. Still having the same old conversation about organic social media, but I think we're still going to be talking about that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Interestingly, we've had a few leads this week that are only wanting our services for organic social media. And for those of you who don't know what organic means, it means non-paid. So you're not buying to reach new people. You're only creating content for those that already follow you or like you. So for us, that to us is, isn't necessarily, it's, it's, it's a needed job, but it's, it's, it's got very, a very minor implications on your overall marketing and influence. Yeah. Yeah, Like I just feel like people are spending so much time and energy on just their social media content. When if you're not paying to promote that or you're not doing any paid stuff in relation to that, it's, it's just not going to move the needle for you. You're better off spending your time elsewhere and just making sure you have a couple of posts to see, to keep your social media current relevant and your current audience engaged but don't feel like you posting every single day and focusing so hard on your content is going to give, get you a hundred, a thousand, a hundred thousand more followers. Cause it's just not anymore. You have to pay to play. Like you said. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I'm anyway, getting- so we, <laughs> we've let those leads go. <laughs> They're not our type of client, but um, yeah, it's just oh. interesting. We're literally sitting here going, oh, what, should we be creating an organic social media <laughs> business because that's how many businesses are just wanting that I know but it yeah I again I I think and results that our clients see not from their organic social media yeah yes it needs to be part of your marketing activities but it should not be your sole focus yes yes anyway we have that conversation but um, if anybody does know anybody that does do that, though, please reach out because we are always looking for have someone some to, to, push to them. <laughs> yeah, we are always looking for someone to um, help people find what they need eventually if it's not us. So, all right. So let's get into it. What's got your attention this week, Jade? So I'm back to banging on about sustainability. So I read an article on AdAge about why brands are making environmentalism central to marketing. Now, on the surface, it seems really positive, which is why I read it. But if you dig a little deeper and reading the last part of the article, it got me kind of mad because what it's looking like is a lot of big brands are using sustainability goals within their marketing that aren't even achievable. Like if you ask an environmental scientist or someone like that, they're saying this isn't even something that they could do. So I suppose the question is, as consumers, are we going to hold them accountable for that? So the article talks about the fact that brands are pushing environmental messages and making big commitments despite the pandemic that would have definitely gotten in their way last year because I think we spoke about this before, how kind of sustainability just got thrown out the window with, you know, everybody 
using the takeaway coffee cups again, or, you know, the masks everyone has to wear, the disposable ones and disposable gloves. And, you know, it's, we've gone backwards almost with all the procedures and stuff that we've had to implement. The article says it boils down to the fact that not only do consumers increasingly want greener products, but investors sensing the growth of the sentiment increasingly are paying attention too. Sustainability is now being seen by companies and consumers as part of the reason you buy the brand, much like the product superiority or the level of service the brand gives or the pricing. So I think this is exactly why brands have started making these, you know, really ambitious sustainability goals. So for example, some of them are Procter & Gamble, Unilever and L'Oreal have all pledged to make a dramatic decrease in their use of plastics. Unilever, for one example, has moved to 100% post-consumer plastic in packaging for Dove in North America and Europe and plans to be plastic neutral which means they collect at least as much waste plastic as they use in their new packaging in India by the end of the year. The big issue though, at the end of this article, the CEO of an earth-friendly household product retailer is calling out the big brands by saying they just aren't going far enough. Stu Landsberg says there isn't enough capacity for recycling plastics in the world to meet the ambitious goals companies have set for eliminating use of virgin plastics and petrochemicals in their packaging. And the research company made a similar point, noting that there's not enough capacity for recycled polymers to even meet the European Union's 2025 targets. Simply eliminating plastic packaging in favor of paperboard, aluminium or other materials is going to be required to truly get goals of no new plastics. But big companies are constrained by the heavy investment in existing plastic packaging lines that will be costly to replace. So Alicia, what do you think? I am just rolling my eyes. Like I, I don't know if it's the marketer in me, but I see these claims and I go, whatever. Like I, <laughs> I have no faith. I have no faith in especially the ones that are still producing in these bottles that are supposedly recyclable. And even looking on Unilever's website, they're 67% recycled plastic packaging is recyclable. They don't, they can't say, you know, that's, that's Australia and New Zealand. I know you were talking about, um, you were talking about. Uh, North America and Europe. North America. Yeah. But in Australia and New Zealand, 67% of our plastic packaging recyclable. And I'm like, oh gosh. And that's them. That's them with their best figure, right? That's the best figure Mm. they could find for us too. So 67%. So that's, that's not good enough in my eyes. And I think the thing that gets me is this is so old we have been talking about this forever like 2014 an article came out saying set that in marketing mag that said how much do environmental attributes influence purchasing patterns hugely hence why Mm. i think businesses started using green marketing as a marketing strategy before they started working out how they could help and it's Mm. it's almost makes me angry but i won't go there that (laughs) we that it became a marketing strategy before it became a CSR. Is that, you know, Yeah, service? before it kept, became a sustainable, actual sustainability goal. It was totally. to sell more product. Yeah. Totally. And there are companies out there um, that have literally from the, from the beginning been about the sustainable, obviously seeing a need for mm. this. There are brands that are in this space that are literally were created purely to be a sustainable brand. And these brands are just almost having to catch up. 
But I think it's interesting to note when the green marketing hype came about, some of the attributes that um, brands were using on their packaging. So the product positioning became heavily skewed to features such as biodegradable packaging, organic ingredients, or even vaguer elements such as greener than before in many jurisdictions. Legislations <laughs> is being prepared to limit vague and potentially deceitful claims. Globally, green marketing implies a level of trust between the brand and the consumer on an overall environmental value for, from the product. So essentially meaning if you're going to be green, you can't use vague comments like we're greener than we were. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I know. Mean? I want to touch on though the fact that you said you don't believe them and you just roll, roll your eyes because I think you have a level of understanding that allows you not to believe those claims, whereas the general consumer might. Can and I, I just think- go one step further in this then? I can mm. tell you from an advertising point of view, brands will literally come to the agency and say, this is what we want to sound like. That's how removed some of these lines are. And the copywriter, yeah. no joke, will come up with lines like um, we've got organic ingredients. And then literally from the ad agency back to the client, they'll say, surely there's something organic in there. That's how That's how these <laughs> it, things it come It is up. how it works. You're right. It's how it works. It is. It come, it's like reverse engineer from an agency sitting outside the business that says, if you want the consumer to feel like this, you need to say you this. You need to say claims like this. Yep. And, the, and, and the brand sits there and nods their head. It goes mm. to legal. Mm. legal look it over how can we make sure that we okay we definitely have an organic product in there so we can say there are organic ingredients because there's maybe two that might not be the main one this is how far same it's such a marketing yeah yeah that's the same with the greener than before that could just mean that their head office has started to recycle their paper whereas before they didn't that's all that that could mean like yeah yeah and I, i think that's why these claims are working though for the big brands because they're giving the consumers a false sense of security. The consumers are buying them going, oh, they're doing something good for the environment. So I can buy that product. So that's okay. Whereas they're actually not. It's just giving consumers something to go, I'm doing a good thing by buying this brand over that brand. But it's, I think consumers need to be more savvy. Consumers have to get more savvy. I think so. There's so many more platforms now to align yourself with some brands that are that are genuinely, genuinely making a difference in this space. And if you're spending money weekly on these types of items, like soaps and things like that, make sure that you're that you're putting your money towards the right company that are the, so that you're over your lifetime you have made a little difference, right? So otherwise, if you're buying just whatever you see on the marketing you're potentially just creating more plastic waste and not recycling at all. Yeah. I think uh, what I said in the the last part of the quote about simply eliminating plastic packaging in favor of paperboard, aluminum or other materials is required. So I think that's a really good point. When you are making choices, look for paperboard, aluminum or other materials other than plastic. I know, for example, I buy a brand called um, Bar None for my shampoo, um, aluminum. So there is other options out there. Consumers have to look for them. And it's interesting that a brand like that as well doesn't really shout it from the rooftops as much as some of the brands who actually aren't doing the right things are. So you have to look for it. 
I'm wondering if you will see, and I'm gosh, if we really look into it, maybe they have already, but wonder if like Unilever and brands like that, Procter and Gamble have created offshoots that are completely sustainable or if that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Because there is a market for it and it's only going to be bigger. Jade, what do you think when I say the word digital leash? Well, it actually reminds me of those little backpacks you can get for your toddlers and then they have a leash attached to them. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Well, there's one between you and your digital technology. Right. The Victorian Police Force have won the right to disconnect. The right to disconnect was won in the union's most recent negotiations. Direct managers to respect leave and rest days and avoid contacting officers outside work hours unless in an emergency or to check on their welfare. So the aim of this was to shift the always-on culture so that officers can switch off from work after they have finished their shift. Now, it's something I struggle with What is and what is the norm of this flexibility life, (laughs) which is so sought after. How do you monitor when they're on, if people are on or off? Because, you know, they're not working, they're not in the office, so can I reach them? And if their hours are different because, say, kids or otherwise, can I... When can I contact them? Like it's it's this very hazy um, world we live in now with this flexibility and this not nine to five in the office. Um, I think I am a little bit confused by it. I think there's a few people that are. Um, mm. And I really wanted to talk about it, not necessarily about the Victorian police per se. Like that's awesome. They have they have won this right to disconnect and it was definitely obviously needed in their industry because they were finding they're always contactable when they have such demanding jobs on off like you know actual hours they're on yeah but jade what do you what do you think and um what did it make you feel yeah look in in relation to an employer and employee scenario i think there's two people they're both to blame the employer and the employee Employers obviously need to respect days off and, you know, out of hours and things like that. But then employees also need to set boundaries and not respond to their emails at those times or even read them in those times or answer their phone in those times. No one's actually making them do that. So I I feel like it's the ownership is on both sides. Yeah, the article says flexibility looks different for every person. So there's got to be an element of responsibility and leadership and also individual boundary setting in terms of what they allow into their home lives and also what they give back and contribute to their roles. So let's just use this as J&A example. We are 100% business that's set up to be flexible and yes. it's completely on us because um, our neither of us are making each other work around the clock we are we're both business owners we're both the owners we don't need to tell you know we don't have to pick up the phone if we don't want to um so flexibility I think that's interesting that it says it's a responsibility of the individual so being like checking in with yourself almost yeah and I think there was an article I read um that was actually from a few years ago about why it's not great to have digitally tethered employees. And they're basically saying that having them so tethered to the business digitally can lead to overwork. And then when they're constantly connected, you can get tired quicker as your brain is processing just more messages, more communications. Mm. And then it also staying that connected makes you less productive as well. 
And I know that from my point of view, like I know when I was working a few years back as a marketing manager, office job nine to five, I would actually turn off my emails in order to get a few hours of actual work done um, because you would just get email after email after email oh, when you're popping in up. Office. Yeah, when you're in the office and, and you know, saying to people, I can't answer, you know, please hold my calls for the next two hours or whatever it is to actually do the work you're employed to do versus talking to people on the phone, responding to emails and things like that. Yeah, I actually watched, a, um, I was watching a YouTube clip this week on on a task platform that I'm starting to use and it's called Microsoft to do's actually it's not anything crazy <laughs> but um I was watching some YouTube and they were saying to to turn work offline on your emails while you've after you've set your day so do an hour of cleaning out your inbox and putting them into the to-do's app and then turn off your email to then work off your to-do list mm. so that and then obviously have check-in times of turning your emails back on but so that you don't feel that you end up working off your inbox all day and then you leave the tasks that you haven't responded to. Yeah. So I want to know how you feel about this, Alicia, because I definitely feel in our business, for those of you who don't know us, Alicia is definitely more front-facing client phone calls, meetings and things like that. Whereas I do attend those, but I'm definitely probably less contactable if you like, in terms of I'll be doing some more back-end work and things like that. So how do you feel about being, because I know I I definitely don't feel digitally tethered, but I want to know if that's different for you. I'm a hundred percent digitally tethered. Like my <laughs> phone is my third arm. Are you kidding me? We run you a marketing don't... business. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. So I'm really bad at this. Uh, I like chatting to people and I find my clients and my friends and I genuinely, I genuinely enjoy working with people. <laughs> You I'm do. the worst person to ask in this I know, this but question. I think that's why it comes down to people's personality as well. Like I said, it's up to the employee. And for me, if I was getting all those phone calls and emails that, and texts that you get, that would be really stressful for me. But it doesn't, like you just said, it it's motivates not stressful. Me and pushes exactly. Me. <laughs> you love it. So I think that's where you've got to think about who you know, if you can manage this yourself or talk to your employer in terms of what, if it's stressing you out, then it's maybe something that you are too digitally tethered for some reason. And can you, yeah. you know, not get phone calls after 5 p.m.? Can you, turn? you know, I think as a person, personally, though, you have to do things as well. Don't look at your emails past 5 p.m. and things like that. But yeah, it's definitely a personality thing as well. I think so. And I think if you find that you're in a similar situation to Jade and I, where you know someone that can be contactable like me um, or does respond all hours and is fine with it, don't go comparing yourself because look at Jade and I, we're not saying that I am better or anything or Jade's more productive because she's not talking on the phone all the time like me. <laughs> we're saying we're just different. We're, diff- we're, so we're different. It's so different. And so it's not that it, it makes me any yeah, it makes Jade any less of a worker because she's not contactable. She's churning out so much work and for us, but sh- but I am the one that's happy to be contacted and, and move things forward in that way. So it's just different pe- people respond different to different types of pressures, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, keep the phone calls coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call Alicia, oh, God, people, I don't probably, call me. <laughs> I probably should have some kind of... Um, 
hour switch off. I was just going to say, we need to get you a little bit untethered from your phone somehow. <laughs> That's what F45 is for. I just, um, I just have 45 minutes where people can't contact me. I have actually taken a call mid, mid, four, mid F45 have- on my watch, in my watch calls. It's really bad. Yeah, maybe I should turn that off. <laughs> yes, I think you should. Our brand feature this week is Aldi. Aldi has over 10,000 store locations around the world since opening its first store in 1913. They have established themselves as a major international supermarket retailer. Aldi opened in Australia in 2001 and they now have over 500 stores across the country. So on their website, they say the Aldi name is synonymous with high quality and exceptional value. We offer our customers a smarter way to shop. All our exclusively branded products are a market-leading quality and available at highly competitive prices. They are continually run through in-house testing and independent laboratory analysis for quality assurance. And to ensure we keep our prices low, we don't use expensive merchandising or loyalty programs. Their tagline is actually good different. And their CEO said, it isn't just a tagline for Audi Australia. It's our way of summing up our philosophy and approach to all aspects of our business. So Alicia, what do you think about Audi? I think I like that they're creating this different way to shop and offering, to, especially to go up against the big Woolies and Coles, <laughs> and they aren't afraid to sing it. And I love a brand with a purpose that is completely the core of what they're doing because they are different. We know they're different. We haven't grown up with these brands. I've never even seen her. Actually, I've never even seen any of these brands before. And whenever someone brings something, I'm like, where is that from? You know, from Audi. I'm like, where is that from? Like, a girlfriend brought a huge big wheel of cheese the other day to a to a um a gathering we had and I was like what is that and yeah sure enough you can get this huge thing like I'm talking 30 centimeters in diameter like completely this massive big wheel of cheese and she's like it's only seven dollars I'm like what you know imagine that at Woolies like you just wouldn't get it yeah so it's just yeah it totally has different things so I think I think they are doing good things um Their their simplicity, consistency, and responsibility is everywhere on their website. They try and be simple, they try and be consistent, and they try and be responsible. Yeah, I think they definitely are doing that. They have a new sustainability charter that's on their website, and we'll put the link to it in the show notes if you want to have a look. But I want to talk about their special buzz. So I think they've Mm. done really well at creating a lot of buzz around their kind of, I think it's weekly (laughs) sales. And it definitely does generate a lot of buzz around whatever the theme is that they theme it around because, like, I think they got really well-known initially for the snow skier sales they had, Mm. mainly obviously over east. But I'm like, who needs that Mm. much snow gear in Australia? Like, Mm. (laughs) we don't even get that much. Like, it's just I thought it was really interesting, but. I'm like, it's really falling into that kind of consumerism category about selling or selling us this all this stuff that we really don't need. Because mm, <laughs> a lot of their mm. special buys are aren't around things that people really need, I don't think. Mm. But they have really followed through on their good different tagline. Um, I think the creative execution of their ads have has been really phenomenal. They've always been a little quirky and head turning. And I think that's really definitely helped raise the brand awareness in Australia for them. I think that quirky nature is what has got people remembering that brand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another one that we used to tell our students about. So yes, we're bringing up we a did. few brands that that have um, that we would always show the students because 
it is. It's just that's what they, that's what they what creates creates that memorable moment for them is is being quirky and different and um, almost having a laugh with themselves at the center. Now there was there was one ad where it had um, the shopping trolley tokens the whole and there was a lady like dancing through the car park with a shopping trolley token. So at Aldi, I don't know this, but you must have to put a token in to get your oh, trolley. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's like these Aldi shopping trolley. There was like a whole ad about the shopping trolley token, and it's just funny because you know imagine Woolworths doing that. Like they can't, they would never. Like, yeah, do exactly. that. <laughs> that was great. They also have a another special buys segment or what segment I'll call it on YouTube, and it's so funny. And it's, it's so quirky and it's absolutely hilarious, but I'm like, well, I don't know why this isn't getting more airtime. Like I, I didn't see it until I was researching about Audi, but it is really, really good. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can go have a look, but they're kind of like doing like the, um, kind of like the 60s, 70s kind of game show type thing and talking about mm. their special buys and they're talking to the product and it's a way, <laughs> it's a very quirky way to showcase the product features and benefits, but, um, it's really funny and I'm just, I'm surprised I haven't seen it anywhere, mm. but yeah, it's on special YouTube. Buys is- definitely um, interesting one and it's funny how much they must they're very clever in their marketing because even people will message me about things like alicia an egg chair is going on special next week for aldi and i'm like what why do i want an egg chair but people literally message me the aldi special bars and i'm like what why do i want a suitcase for 90 dollars? like i don't need another suitcase i can't go anywhere anyway exactly (sighs) the only thing i will say though I'm a bit confused about why their social media, specifically Instagram, is just recipes. And I feel mm. like it's missing. I feel like their socials are just missing some of that quirkiness that the rest of the brand has. Yeah, they probably they obviously yeah. don't need it, though, considering we're oh, sure, all hearing yeah. about them. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You're right. It, it's a perfect platform to be quirky, isn't it? Even mm. if it was just little snippets of it. So it's yeah. interesting why. And I'd, I would love to know why they've chosen that and how that's going for their socials. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. <laughs>